the implications are, are, are twofold. Yeah. One, undertakers can't remove bodies from homes. Mm. So you're going to have bodies piling up at homes. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And the, the second implication is that burials can't happen until you have a death certificate. The, the next thing is the emotional uh, problems it might create is if the body stays uh, at the house for an undetermined period for, uh, waiting for a uh, doctor to, to pitch to do the swaps, uh, that, that, that will not be nice for any family. Welcome to another episode of Boots on the Ground. Last week, we touched on the discrepancy between government's fairly low COVID-19 death numbers and the explosion of so-called natural deaths that are being recorded and reported by the South African Medical Research Council. Well, this week, it would appear that the South African Health Department has also noticed the discrepancy in the number of deaths and hope to rectify its figures. The only problem is the health department's proposed solution could very well see corpses piling up in residential homes and on streets all over the country. This short podcast series follows Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick and senior reporter Graham Huskin as they track, record and reflect on the real events and people that make up South Africa's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national lockdown, I am Zama Lutuli and this is episode 16, The Uncollected Dead. According to South Africa's official death figures, our COVID-19 death rate is at just 2%. But health experts believe the number could be four times higher. A worrying discrepancy, to be sure. Which is why Health Director General Sandy Leptelezi issues an odd directive last Wednesday. There was this instruction issued by the Department of Health DG, Dr. Wittelezi, and it's, it looks bizarre. So it was addressed to all doctors, clinicians, and undertakers. Okay. And it's around the discrepancy in deaths. So you've got the oh. Department of Health, which releases its daily figures on the number of people who've died from COVID. Yes. Then you've got the South African Medical Research Council, which is releasing weekly figures on excess deaths. Yes. So at the moment, there are just over 11,000 people who've died COVID, according to the Department of Health. Yes. But the Medical Research Council says, no, hang on a minute, their excess death figures are 33,000, or just Jeez. over 30, 33,000. But, I mean, how are they calculating their deaths? Well, this is what we, we, we're trying to work out. So I've asked the Department of Health, you know, is it only hospital deaths? Mm. So this instruction really? comes out that if you die, it's because of this discrepancy. Yes. If you die at home now. Yeah. Or you you die suddenly. And they don't define what a sudden death is. I mean, is it just that you keel over from a heart attack? 
um, before an undertaker can take the body yeah. or receive it in any way or form, a doctor has to come out to where the person has died and take a sample. Oh, my God. That's not going to happen. This is to that, – that sample then has to be sent to a laboratory for testing. And until the te- test results are known, a death certificate won't be issued. What? So you're probably still considering the numbers discrepancy, right? But it is the proposed solution to the discrepancy that has doctors and undertakers on edge this week. The notice that was emailed out to doctors, clinicians and undertakers said that as part of improving the records of COVID-19 related deaths in response to reports on excess deaths, we now require that all the sudden deaths and those that occur at home must have specimens taken for COVID-19 before a death certificate is issued. All persons who die at home must be tested for SARS-CoV-2 by a medical doctor or clinician. Testing must be done before the human remains are released to the funeral undertaker. The medical doctor or clinician must indicate on the DHA 1663 form that SARS-CoV-2 samples have been taken. But what exactly does this mean for you and I? The implications are, are, are twofold. Yeah. One, undertakers can't remove bodies from homes. Mm. So you're going to have bodies piling up at homes. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And the, the second implication is that burials can't happen until you have a death certificate. So this new directive requires South African doctors and clinicians who are already under significant strain to make a house call every time someone dies to swab them for COVID. But it doesn't mention anything about who will pay for the process, where the country plans to get the added testing kits, how lab facilities will be expected to deal with the excess tests, or perhaps most importantly, what happens to the corpse while we wait for the doctors to be available. Not to mention the fact that doctors don't make house calls a habit in this day and age. Graham spoke to Dr. Angelique Kutsia, South African Medical Association chairperson, who made her concerns around the practicality of the idea very clear. First of all, it is not safe at night to do house calls. Okay. Okay, so there's a safety issue in doing house calls. It's really, you know what, you need to under, you need to, to be very familiar with that patient and where they stay. Ambulance guys don't even go out into, into conscripts. And then you want me um, to go out into a neighborhood um, and, and, and go and certify someone with COVID. So, so um, what precautions do you want me to take? Mm. So I need to understand what the precautions would be. I cannot write out a death certificate. In any case, if I've taken a sample, I need to wait for the results. So how long is that turnaround time going to be? Who's going to pay me? First of all, huh? most of the times, 99%, if we fill in a, 
And that's the thing. Well, I can't remember who it was the last time that I charged a family for that. We do not do that. That is out of because out of respect. It's your last respect. But now you expect me to travel to someone's place at night wearing PPE because that's what I need to wear. Because I don't know. I don't know whether the family is infected, whether the patient is infected. I don't know. Let me rather put it like this. I think it's a brilliant idea for government and providing that governments got dedicated doctors going out with, um, you know, their safety is guaranteed, um, their transport is, that they have are given transport, and um, the correct PPE, it, it might work, but there's still some, it might work. Okay? We, 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 we throw it, that seems back to that. But do I think it works? No fucking you not get a doctor doing that, I promise you. Hmm. I mean, what what would be the implication on a doctor's practice? Say, I I I, I die at home, and it's like half past two in the afternoon. No doctor is going to do it. They're not going to jump into a car, drive to a place in the private sector. Who's going to pay me? Who's going to to touch for my time? We never ask a, a form to fill in the death certificate. So now all of a sudden. This now becomes a moral thing and an ethical uh, 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 problem because somehow they will, mass payments will be involved. So how has that been sorted in the private sector? And again, it's unsafe to travel. It's very unsafe, especially at, uh, at night. Dr. Kutsia also raises concerns about certifying death certificates and providing an accurate cause of death without having intimate knowledge of a person's medical history, but undertakers countrywide have shown concern for the mental health implications for loved ones and the potential for spreading disease as a ramification of delayed corpse collections and burial. You know, you, you're impacting a loved one's trauma yeah. I have leaving bodies there until a doctor comes, if a doctor comes. Yeah. But you, the, the, the risk of the spread of diseases, because bodies, I mean, they start breaking down in that. So it's not immediately, only... Immediately, immediately. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it's, it, you've got all those fluids. I mean, not only that, uh, I mean, last week we were speaking about the fact that, um, you know, that uh, there was almost no space in the morgues. And yeah. the funeral directors association said the only way we can solve that issue is by making the turnaround time faster, which means issuing those death certificates as soon as possible, uh, so that we can get people into the ground as soon as possible. Yeah. So it's basically undoing all of that work. This is undoing like all the work that they've, that that's that's been done. I mean, we, we spoke to like Have Bob and Doves, and they're like. And even small funeral parlor companies, and they're like small funeral parlors on average are burying about 150 to 200 people a month. Insane. So that works out at like 12 people a day. Yeah. And these are people mainly who die at home. So now, can you imagine the undertaker can't take the body until the doctor comes? Mm -mm. But doctors aren't coming. Well, they're busy. And don't do high schools anymore. I mean, yeah. like when we spoke to Angelique Kutsia, she's like, who who's going to pay for a doctor to leave his or her practice, yeah. leave their patients who need mm. medical care mm. to go and take a sample from 
a person who may or may not have died from COVID. So Graham asked Libom Nisi, president of the South African Funeral Practitioners Association, what kind of impact this directive would have on corpse collection. With this instruction that was issued yesterday, stating that bodies can only be removed from a home once a, death, once a doctor has, has taken samples and only a doctor can take samples. I mean, what kind of additional challenges will this put on the industry? It, it, it will, it will, because um, there, there's a delay. A body lying in the house for, 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 for many hours, it's lying there. It's, it's not in a, in a cold storage. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's lying with the family. Possibility of infecting other people, it's, 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 it's there. It's not so much of a pressure to us as funeral director, but it delays the process of, 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 of burying these, these people at the end of the day. And, and does, it, does it pose a, a, a health risk to people as well as an emotional strain on, on families knowing that their loved ones' bodies can't be removed from the home because of this additional red tape? Does it, does it pose a, a health risk to people? A big one. A big one, you know. Uh, most of the families uh, of these people who die at home, they they do not want their their loved ones to be to be identified as a COVID case, and it it, 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 it becomes a, a very big health risk for us as funeral directors. If if this body is is, is symptomatic and, and and all of them, we have to use PPEs on daily basis to go and fetch the body from, from, from the house. But we get resistance from the families. They do not want their bodies or their loved ones to be identified as, 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 as COVID cases. And you'll see people walking into the house. They come into to pray and do whatever. They, they, they go that just where the body is and, 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 and you, you can see they are not protected and then all of it. It, 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 it poses a big, a big danger to, to, to the society. Nisi also explained to Graham that the recommendations and advices given by funeral directors and undertakers who are well versed with body handling and removal has not been taken seriously by the government. But the implications of the latest directive has South Africa's funeral directors and undertakers worried and confused? Graham spoke to several funeral directors about some of their major concern, and here is what they had to say. I'm quite concerned about this because it, it stipulates that testing must be done before the human remains are, re- are released to the funeral undertaker. And from a practical perspective, that is rather difficult because people die 24-7. So when somebody dies tonight at midnight or 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning, there are no doctors doing house calls anymore. It's already so difficult to get the paperwork done in the current circumstances and doctors are extremely busy. We are waiting days for paperwork. There are delays at the Department of Home Affairs. So I cannot see how in practice this will be applied and how it will be monitored. Because that's not practical at all for the, for the deceased to be in, um, at home until somebody's available. That just doesn't really make sense. The, the next thing is the emotional uh, problems 
also might create is if the body stays uh, at the house for an undetermined period for, uh, waiting for a uh, doctor to, to pitch to do the swaps, uh, that, that, that will not be nice for any family. The only thing I can think of is that this task could have to be outsourced to people trained to, in, in, in taking these samples. It's, it's just, it'll be havoc to keep these bodies piling up until, uh, you know, the test results are even made available. To issue such a letter with an expectation that uh, uh, GPs or doctors will go out to residents in the middle of the night, uh, taking a swab test, uh, not doing the test, but doing, uh, just taking the swab, it's just not going to happen. But what worries me is the fact that the sample must be taken by the doctor who signs the, the notice of death. Mm. And that, to me, the practicality is, is difficult to impose during, during the night time, because doctors will not come out to take the test. It might even cause um, capacity for some parlors and especially government hospitals to reach capacity um, sooner than they actually realize because there's going to be a backlog. There are questions such as who's going to pay for these swap tests? So you need to do it. Uh, so uh, somebody must apply the test kits. Where are the test kits going, coming to, uh, going to come from? These costs cost in the region of about 800 rand minimum. So who's going to pay for this test and for the lab that will have to infinitely give the result? Now the question is, if, if we are adding people that already did do these tests, uh, how long will the living wait for, for their test results? And what backlog will this, uh, this now create? Our concern is mainly for the families and how they're going to react to it and how they're going to handle it. Most families will not have heard about this new directive and will not be prepared for what it will mean. Sitting in your house with your deceased loved one, unable to get them removed by an undertaker. Every undertaker Graham spoke to had near identical concerns. It seems all of this could have been avoided if the health department had consulted the death experts before sending out this directive. But as Graham points out, they didn't. I mean, there's this big meeting that's happening today yeah. between the Department and, of Health and undertakers and doctors. And they're saying, you know, no. dudes, have you even thought? And this is a signed instruction. It was okay. issued on Wednesday. And they're like, have you even thought of the implications? So I they mean, signed it you, without going uh, and consulting? Yeah. Oh. Doctors, funerals. The funeral parlors, undertakers, oh, they're like, we weren't consulted about this. You're like consulting after the fact. Yeah. And they're all saying this is, this is like now forming the basis of regulations which will come out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the, I spoke to trauma counselors and they're like saying, the trauma that you oh as a person have yeah. when your loved one dies in front of you or yeah. is found dead at home is huge. Yeah. Now you're sitting with the extra burden of having the, a body in a house for who knows how long. Yeah, and if it if it if it is uh, if it does have the virus, I mean, then everybody's exposed to it. 
it's a very confusing case and doesn't seem like the most sensical decision to have been made. But a meeting was held on Friday the 14th of August and South Africa's doctors, clinicians and undertakers hope the health department sees sense. For Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's National Lockdown, a production of Multimedia Live, I am Zamalutul. You are listening to Boots on the Ground, behind SA's National Lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samar Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head Scott Peter Smith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.